Hey guys, thanks for joining us again to another episode of The Detour and we've kicked things off in usual fashion if he's making background noise and he's got his uh, background looking, oh, let's be honest, looks like a dog breakfast as usual. Dan Jones joined as always, four-time national road champion from Australia. In fact, he holds the record for the most Aussie national road titles. I can't believe that. Uh, Olympic gold medalist and commentator, race director Scotty McGrory, same Intro for Stewie, Olympic gold medalist and race director, Stuart O'Grady. Yeah. Welcome to the fellas. Uh, we'll kick things off with you, Stewie. You're on the eve of the Sandos Festival of Cycling. Kicks things off tomorrow. How are you feeling, mate? Uh, relieved. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the best word. As everybody knows, all we want to do is is get to a bike race. Um, you know, this certainly wasn't the two years of uh, race directing that I had in mind when I took over the reins from Mike, but... I've got to say, I've learned probably more in those two years than than I could ever expected to or wanted to. I guess it's been thrown in the deep end, and and you either sink or swim. And I'm really lucky, obviously, uh, you know, with the Tour Down Under team behind me, uh, which normally run the World Tour event. It's the same infrastructure, it's the same people, it's the same support in the background. So, you know, it's been a massive team effort to get to where we have. It's been ridiculously challenging, and the challenges are still ongoing with uh you know close contacts and and restrictions and um you know i guess SAPOL police resources not to mention our ambulance um and health system is you know under quite a bit of stress so trying to get all that to happen to get a bike race off the ground get teams here uh who have just ridden the national championships and there's covid close contacts going down left right and center but at the end of the day we'll get there as we always do and we'll run a great bike race now, Scotty, I obviously talked about the links between you and Stewie. I did a bit of digging before and found some classic photos of you ah. and the Freckle racing back in the day from Pez Cycling News. And in the same article, they had this little chestnut. How's the Oakley wraparounds? With, we've both got the frosted tips. Oh, good times. No, mate. no, no. My, my hair was sun bleached, mate. It was sunbleached. Oh, no frostings there at all. Lose the guy here, there, Dan's very good. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> barrel guts. Yeah, a there, Dan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. the, yeah, the yeah. other thing I, I remember, and why we got you, Stewie, is it's ten years to the day since Green Edge was launched on the World Tour. Obviously, famously in 2012 at the Sandos Tour down under, and Iffy. Before you even get a word in, one of your favourite segments is this. Rose. Well, we're going, we don't need roads. Shuri, who could forget the famous video to launch Green Edge uh, <laughs> when Jerry announced to the world that I've bought the rights to a Tom Petty classic, I won't back down. And we're like, okay, we've got the rights, what do you want us to do with it? He said, we're going in the studio, we're recording. So to bring back all the memories 10 years to the day to this absolute oh, gem. Wow. Why not show I won't back down and Stewie, it's a great little cameo right at the very end, so stay tuned.
Oh, mate, we absolutely crank that. Fair dinkum. I haven't heard that good a voice out there since Barnsey days, mate. Barnsey. Mate, John Farnham. Like a kitty house, mate. We, we smashed it. Ripped it up. God, that's good. <laughs> oh, ne never gets old. <laughs> never gets old. Oh, you you talk about <laughs> the real thing. That was the real thing. Yeah. Oh, well, man, that back a lot of good memories. I tell you what, there was some horsepower in that group, and um, we certainly were a lot skinnier, a lot fitter. Um, but mate, yeah, we had some serious power. It's just great to see all those faces again. Uh, you know, mm. our Davis, my brothers, uh, Durbo still rocking the time trial. Um, you know, to this day, so. Having those 10 years gone in an absolute flash and, yeah, all well, thanks to Jerry Ryan. Just quickly, what are, what are your memories of the 2012 edition? Obviously, there was a lot of relief on the squad when Gero got the chocolates by under a second, yeah. but what, what are the standouts from, from back then? Oh, look, there was so much going on. I remember rocking up to the Nationals, first of all. Um, you know, I think we had the obviously outnumbered everybody by about 10 to 1, so... We're all trying to deliver, but no one was actually at 100% fitness except Gero. So he, I think everyone in the room at the team meeting was putting their hand up saying they'll they'll do the work. Uh, and we had to leave it to Gero to finish it off. Thank God he did. But, I mean, well, he kick-started things so well, obviously going on to win the Tour Down Under and then Milan-San Remo. Uh, we couldn't have had a better start to the season. If he record... Eight and a half minutes in, you haven't said a word yet. Off you go. Well, I, well <laughs> I'm just waiting for the right time because you're, you're all mentioning the first race. The first race was the Bay Crits. And, oh, uh, the first World that, Tour so. race. Did he win that? Tour. I don't think he won that. <laughs> no. Albie oh, Alby won the overall. Yeah, yeah Albie did. Yeah. 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 Well. Beat Caleb. That's right. Now, exactly. do you have a question? John? No, no, no. I just, uh, it won't, I love that film clip. And you, there's some legends in there. And I, like just Russell Morris, who's leading the singing, mm. backed very well by all you guys, of course, Chewie. Uh, but <laughs> Molly uh, Maldrum is producing mm. it. And the last little part with, with Jerry stepping back from the, the uh, yeah. from the desk, like he produced the whole thing. <laughs> but, it, was, um, it was really surreal, you know, sitting in Molly's, uh, that was obviously his private studios in Melbourne. And, and for a bunch of skinny, Shaved legs, uh, you know, shaven legs, cyclists to come barreling in and uh, into a music studio. I mean, we were so out of our comfort zone. But, I mean, with that group, we weren't short of um, either egos and a bit of fun either. But, you know, sitting in Molly's courtyard, uh, chatting with the musicians, um, you know, it was surreal. That was a really surreal time. And, again, we're going down Avenue, which cycling teams tended to stay away from, which was anything to do with music or any kind of talent other than riding a bike. Um, but it was a lot of fun and, and it was a really good little icebreaker. Uh, and Daniel there from day one, obviously making those backstage passes. And you know, I remember as we all joked about, my God, we better win some bike races and we're going to look like an absolute bunch of Muppets. Yeah. Um, because we're showing a side of the cyclists and, and our, I guess having some fun, which no one had really done before. You know, it was always putting on a big, brave front, never showing any, uh, I guess, your inside uh, personality too much. Um, because you didn't want to show any signs of weakness. So it was a lot of fun. Scooter? Um, two things. Can I say, like, the, the song's great. It's an absolute cracking song. So I found that quite emotive. You know, you throw in the black and white footage and, you know, reminisce. <laughs> At the time, those results were, were, you know, were obviously very recent. But to look back on that now, 
um, you know, and it makes me think about, you know, on our own career, Stuart, and you look back and, and it's, yeah, I, I found that quite emotive. So, yeah, it's great. You might have laughed about it afterwards at the time, but, you know, looking back now in, in retrospect, I think it's fantastic. Stewie, question to you, with such a big group of writers, was there not one decent voice amongst it to actually lead the vocals? No. No. Um, <laughs> I think we're all just pretty, pretty keen to... Uh, you know, we hadn't had a beer. It was all straight off the cuff. I think we'd probably been out and had five or six hours and Whitey had us doing sprint lead outs and uh, God knows what in that first training camp. So, um, no, nah, there wasn't a single decent musical uh, voice in there or any form even close to it, Scotty. <laughs> but, but you're talking about how we better win a bike race or we look like idiots. I remember um, after doing the Call Me Maybe video, I was like, right, I'm going to do this ACDC one. We sort of planned it for six months. Then we get to the tour and smash into the finish line on day one. And they literally put the release of that video on hold for that reason. They said, we can't smash into a finish line and then release a music video. We do look like dickheads. But then, thank God you guys won the team time trial. Gera won a stage, had the yellow jersey, and Gera's like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> We're fine now. <laughs> I mean, it's Hollywood when you think back to all the things that went wrong and right. And it all oh. somehow panned out and worked out in our favour. I mean, you you know, you couldn't write a script any better, no. could you, Johnny? I mean, the things that happened with that bus, I mean, you know, we, we do. We all look back at those clips and go, what the hell? Did that actually happen? I mean, yeah. you know, I'm trying to get uh, Gossie ready for the sprint and, you know, I've got Boone and yelling at me that the, there's a bus stuck under something and the, the finish is now three kilometres to go and, you know, we're doing 64, 63k an hour. Uh, you know, rubbing shoulders, you know, the odd head button and getting told that we're finishing 3K to go. Like, it was just complete mayhem. So, luckily, uh, they got the bus out of the way and, and everything panned out pretty well in the end. But just on that, I mean, once you crossed the line and worked out it was our bus, were you just thinking, oh, no. Yeah, get me out of here, mate. Get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. I've done a lot of Tour de France. I came to this, you know, I've left, I've left CSC, <laughs> yeah. team in the world. And here we are, our bus drivers just ram the bloody Tour de France finish line. I, went, oh, mate. <laughs> I reckon the funny, funniest part was Jerry saying uh, the next day after you got so much media. I mean, more media coverage from that incident than ever from, from winning a stage or anything in the Tour de France. Right around mm. the world, just amazing coverage and footage. And he said, look, it's been very good, but if you don't, win a stage very soon, we're going to look like the biggest dickhead ever. ever. And Gero listened and, and two days later he won the stage. Yeah. yeah. Now back to your events, Chewie, because as we said, it's about to kick things off. Uh, now one thing I saw that jumped off the page was you got a virtual tour uh, powered by Full Gas. So does that mean if he can uh, get online and, and race the race route? Absolutely. Well, not all of it, obviously. Otherwise, <laughs> we'd be on there for six months. But um, we, I've, I've, plucked out, <laughs> I've plucked out about 40K. I've tried to keep it between an hour and an hour and a half, let's say, if you're just taking your time. Of Probably the most picturesque or the highlights of each stage. Um, and, yeah, you can hop online. And I guess, you know, for all the people who are over in Europe or in the US at the moment who are in their, you know, winter mode, um, who want to hop online and do a bike ride anyway, this is a good opportunity to, you know, to show them, uh, to show them the Adelaide sites and the roads and our beautiful countryside. Um, and also they get to go up, uh, climbs up Wollonga Hill and actually tackle Richie's KOM time, which I think off the top of my head is 6 minutes 34. Um, 
So good luck with breaking that. But yeah, it's, it's <laughs> pretty cool. I mean, it's all HD vision, full gas, fantastic Australian company. Um, so yeah, get on there and have a crack. They um, also, um, Johnny, they did the, uh, just to jump in before you do, the Bakerits. Full gas were down there filming that. So you can actually do the virtual Bakerits as well now. Yeah, that's going to be in uh, about mid-year, winter in Oz, uh, a virtual bay Christmas full gas, who, as you say, are an amazing company. And we sort of got a bit involved with them with being working with Phil Liggett on his safari rides. And I just yeah. realised just how brilliant it is. You actually feel like you're on a road riding through a you know, national park in, in South Africa. So, uh, yeah, the quality of yeah, this stuff fantastic. is brilliant. Can I just throw in a, a personal note? So Mike Klukas, who um, is the founder and the owner of, of Full Gas, in 1991, so he's British, 1991 I was racing in France and then hooked up with a bunch of a bunch of well, Commonwealth riders basically to uh, that was run by Staff Boone. He put together a team of Commonwealth That's riders serious. to go and do a, a tour in Spain. And yeah, Star Puna, and it was dodgy. He is one of the dodgiest guys on the planet. But anyway, we end up going to Spain to do a tour which followed the course of the um, the Camino de Santiago de Compostela, the uh, mm. pilgrimage. And so we had a, a tour that uh, started in France over the Pyrenees and then through to Santiago, just north of, of Portugal. And Mike was on that. So, so I met Mike back in 1991 mm. and then... For a very, very long time, didn't see him again until he popped up doing full gas. So it was great to see him again um, because it was some incredibly funny, um, funny with in hindsight stories from that particular tour. And he's doing so well. So great to, to see him doing well with full gas. Yeah, good stuff. So who, who are the uh, standouts that you've got riding for the uh, Sandos Festival of Cycling, Stewie? Yeah, well, um, Richie Ports obviously come back down to Australia. Uh, he, you know, for two weeks quarantine with a couple of young kids wasn't enough last time. He's come and uh, gone through that again. So great to have Richie back supporting the event. Uh, we've got Rowan Dennis who didn't come home to Australia after last season. So great to see Rowan uh, make the effort as well. And, you know, I guess all oh, this, it's great for Rowan to get the acknowledgement for after the Tokyo bronze medal in the time trial. And, and you know, he's got a young couple of young kids. So, um, you know, just good for these guys to actually make their way home. We've got the new reigning national champion, Luke Plapp, coming over. Uh, who else have we got? We've got Cam Meyer. We've got Durbo, Callum Scottson, uh, Dean Rogers and Hamish McKenzie have been selected by Whitey to ride for Bike Exchange. And then we've just got a whole host of the best cyclists that Australia has to offer at the moment. So, you know, not only, um, I guess, the older experience, I won't call them older because they're, they're all pretty young in my eyes, but, you know, the best uh, riders around the country. And then, you know, we're going to throw in there a bunch of under-23s, such as Blake Quick, who's obviously on red-hot form after winning both races of the Bay Crits, plus the under-23 title. Uh, and then we've got some under-19s who are really exciting. Um, young Cameron Rogers uh, and Oscar Chamberlain, two young kids who, are, who I think have got uh, the potential to, you know, make some pretty big headlines in Europe. So, look, and then we've obviously got the women with Kimberly Conti running the women's race. Um, we've got some fantastic girls. But other than that, we've also got all the other events. So we've got kicking off tomorrow night at the, at the Superdrome with, with the track. Um, here our Paralympians are there, Darren Hicks, uh, Greco, a bunch of the, the paras. Um, 
And then BMX out at the new Sam Willoughby BMX Stadium, which has just been built and that is, will be actually open tomorrow. Uh, and then we've got a whole host of other rock, you know, pretty much everything with two wheels is celebrating. So, yeah, looking forward to it all kicking off. Ify? Yeah, so I took a, I spoke to a couple of mates the, the other day who told me they were coming and they were undecided, oh, you know, with all that's going on. I said, mate, just get over there. I said, I, I kept saying that last year, you know, Stewie, you know, hats off to you. You delivered an amazing event. And I got to, by the second day, I'd forgotten that it wasn't a world tour race. The racing was so good. Mm. Um, you know, it's brilliant. And this year you've done slightly differently. So you've got the, the women starting on Sunday. They go right yeah. through until Wednesday with a final crit. And then the, the men start the same day with it. With well, actually, crit. the women go for three days, and then we have the Australia Day Trek Night Criterium. Yeah. So um, yeah. they're going to be at the CBD. They've changed into the CBD, the same circuit we used back in 2019 for the, yeah. for the People's Choice Classic, roughly the same circuit. And then the, the men have the, the 27, 28, 29. So finishing on top or longer hill on the Saturday. So it gives everyone an opportunity to, to, to enjoy their night here on Saturday and then make their way home Sunday uh, for those that got kids in time to get the kids to school for the first day. But, um, yeah, look, it is a different format, but we've just tried to really focus on, I guess, all the not only the grassroots, but just the whole celebration of cycling. So, like I said before, anything with two wheels, uh, we've got music, we've got, um, you know, we've joined with WOMAD, we've got some great entertainment along the way. Um, you know, it's it's just been, it's really important for us, uh, you know, to, and I've said it before, to keep the heart beating for cycling in South Australia. You know, everybody's used to the big World Tour TDU model. Um, we all understand that through the challenges, we haven't been able to deliver that. But, you know, this is really important for us. This is the same people, the same support, uh, the same huge team that run the tour down under the world tour level are running this domestic race. It's actually exactly the same, um, you know, people and, and support behind it. So, you know, we just want to, uh, I guess, give these NRS, the best riders in the country, an opportunity to come out and, and show us what they're made of. And as we saw by last year with Luke Plapp and Kill O'Brien, um, you know, Plapp, he got a two-year world tour contract with the biggest team in the world out of, out of it. So, you know, the the... the the world, the cycling world, are watching uh, with interest to see who the next, you know, great kids and and girls are going to be out of Australia. Um, and you know, the scouts will be out watching. So, what an opportunity! I, I think uh, you know the festival side is much like the Tour de France. You can only see so much on TV, but once you're there on the ground, the buzz is unbelievable because there's so much more than the bike race. And for me, the highlight was you know the events you'd have the night before and the different you know areas before the start and finish and Bloody Hague's chocolate. I mean, it's fresh, straight out of the packet. I've used to stack on about eight kegs. But no, it's it's great atmosphere. But finally for me is um Richie Port, this could be, you know, he's openly said last year in the in the Peloton. Um, what are the plans to potentially erect a statue of Richie on Wollonga Hill? Or I mean, he's a shoe-in to be the special guest for the Legends dinner when it's a World Tour event again. Mm. But are you gonna start getting the creative juices going to pay tribute to Richie? I guess so. I think I'm not sure how many Tasmanian um, people, Tasmanian statues we've got in South Australia. I have to chase that up. <laughs> not there. many. Um, <laughs> no, look, I think there is there is a uh, there is a bit of a, a structure and a, a thing up on top of along a hill uh, with Richie's name all over it. But look, that's all. You know, maybe we can get a bit of a a, a wheel of fame or something going around the city and, and mm. Richie up on top of the hill. I don't know. <laughs> I have to 
bring that up at the next meeting. <laughs> well, because he's so small, if it was life size, you're going to save a bit on bronze. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Jeez, bronze. Okay, we're going that hard, are we? Yeah. Uh, look, yeah be, look, it's great that Richie's here, and and again, you know, okay, it's not the World Tour event, but it's 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 like Formula One and and V8 supercars. It's a bit more relaxed. It's mm. it's a lot of fun. Um, and you know, for anyone, we all know we've been cooped up in our states for for quite a while now, and just the ability to get out and and explore and, and ride around with your mates and park up and have a nice meal and some nice wine after is what we're all kind of craving, I guess. So. As a race director, um, you know, I'm just really proud of the whole team that we've been able to deliver this. It would have been a really easy opportunity to kind of back out and go, well, you know, we haven't got the big prize jewel of the World Tour event, but no one's even thought of that or brought that up. It's, let's just get, a, get an event up and going, give it everything we've got, and, you know, let's just have some fun. Hey, um, can I say, just on that, you mentioned, so Formula One versus um, Fiat supercars, but look how big the supercars are in Australia, and it's a good point because... I deal with the NRS, so the National Road Series level um, riders, quite a bit, and do a lot of the you know the commentary for the packages that go on SBS for that particular series. This is like they've just suddenly got a grand final that they never had before. You know, you have whatever races, whether it was True Tassie, Gippsland, you know, Tweed, Warney, all these things, all great events, but they've now got something that's just been thrown in their lap, which is like their grand final. It's you know an NRS Tour de France, so to speak, and the buzz. And the expectations and the inspiration that this event has brought to the NRS riders, the domestic level, we'll see that in another few years. You know, like for the riders that are there now, it's great and they get to go and ride it, yeah. but it's the 14, 15, 16-year-olds that are coming up into the NRS. They're the ones that are really getting inspiration from this current event and they're the ones that we'll see in another four, five, six, seven years that are really, you know, nudging towards the world tour. So congratulations to you, Stewie, and the team for making sure you go ahead with an event. And let's just hope, you know, that the budget, um, when the world tour comes back, hopefully the budget still enables, you know, some sort of level of, of National Road Series event to, to continue because, you know, this has been fantastic for the domestic riders. Yeah, it has been. And you're right, it is a great opportunity. And, you know, I've got to thank Oz Cycling as well. Uh, Kip and his team over there, you know, they've, we've had to be very flexible with a few things. Um, you know, we've got combinate, we've got composite teams, we've got the best NRS teams, um, you know, we've got some individuals coming in and, uh, you know, it, it's been a real, um, I guess, balancing act. Uh, we've got some under-19s, which, you know, it's always tricky, um, who normally aren't allowed to race or, you know, there's regulations surrounding under-19s racing with World Tour riders and so on and so on. So everyone's just done the best they can and, you know, big hats off to us cycling for, I guess, adapting to the current situation with what we've been dealt, the cards we've been dealt, and just realising that, you know what, for this occasion, um, you know, like you just said then, Scotty, to have these young under-19s racing alongside Richie Port, Rowan Dennis, Luke Durbridge, Chris Harper, you know, I mean, they're all riding around racing in there. Uh, you know, in their world tour kit. And for them, that's massive inspiration to, to go on to bigger and better things. And like I said earlier, seeing Luke Plapp and Kel O'Brien sign contracts and next minute living over in uh, Girona and Europe, um, I mean, how much more inspiration do you need than that? So, uh, yeah, it's it's an exciting time. Before we let you go, mate, a couple of live comments. Uh, Matt Bordingon says, G'day, Ben Jensen. Hope Bernardino is on hand if protesters turn up to disrupt the cycling. <laughs> uh, Buster Thomas loved the flashback. Great to see this again. Classic, and so did Gavin. Legendary. Free Ranger. All publicity is good 
publicity, yeah. maybe talking obviously about the finish line. Samantha says, such awesome memories, fellas, special team. And Tom's got a question for you. He says, will you have the screaming crowd on Wollongo on full gas, Stewie? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess I guess there will be. Or maybe the screaming will be inside your head if you're going for Richie's <laughs> TV. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll turn up, turn up the radio and put on some ACDC, I think. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Well, thanks for joining the detour again. Good luck with the event. The Santos Festival of Cycling is going to be an absolute belter, mate. And as Scotty said, you should be really proud because you and your team have done stellar work to put this together and uh, look forward yeah. to it kicking off tomorrow. No, I'll hopefully catch up with you guys. And, yeah, thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Good on you, Stewie. Right, Stewie. See you tomorrow, mate. Stewie O'Grady, legend. Uh, now, we'll have a quick break, fellas, when we come back. We'll uh, talk more dribble about cycling. And... Uh, <laughs> Ify, you've got to launch, finally, some little snippets about detour travel, I believe. We are. We Ooh, are. Stay okay. tuned. Okay. Yeah. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is people that are looking for a bike or just a piece of it amateurs semi-amateurs and pro amateurs this guy wants this bike but with this crank and these bars this could be the perfect match but not this one this girl has a bike to sell and thousands of people might purchase it eyes on bikes help grow small businesses his hers yours and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving we are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. Life is like a two-way street. It's about consideration and mutual respect. Roads are much the same. However you get around, walk, ride or drive, if we share our roads, we can all be safer. The Amy Gillett Foundation is Australia's peak cycling safety charity. Our mission is for safe cycling in Australia. Our vision is for zero cyclist deaths. Over the last year, we've seen an enormous increase in people taking up cycling, whether it be for recreation, with the family, commuting, or even to start your own cycling career. We need to do more to make it safer for every cyclist. 20 cyclists every day are hospitalised and one cyclist is killed every 10 days on Australian roads. So, the next time you jump on your bike or hop in your car, remember to practice the four C's. Be courteous, calm, considerate and conscientious. Every cyclist's death is preventable and we all deserve to get home safely. Please donate to help the Amy Gillett Foundation make the road safer for you and for me. Thanks again to Bike Exchange and the Amy Gillett Foundation. Now, Scooter, you've obviously uh, just got back from the Nationals where you're race director. Uh, mm-hmm. How was the week for you, mate? Um, well, just like Stu, you were saying, challenging, you know, for his event coming up with all the COVID issues. We had similar situations, so we lost a few staff on day one, um, people that were coming in for the event as well, so moto scouts and officials mm. that were coming down, testing positive, all being 
close contacts and having to isolate. So we're slightly down on staff. Um, and for a while there, we were the proverbial duck trying to float across the top of the water. But underneath, we were we were flat chat trying to fix up a few holes. It all went well. Um, so we did the best we could. And I think it all looked and went very, very well together. But uh, hats off to GTR Events, who are the events company that uh, put it all together, Oz Cycling as well, and um, and all the officials that, uh, you know, did their extra little bit to just make sure it all went smoothly. The performances, they take care of themselves. Once we get all of our stuff sorted and the races can go ahead um, without any obstructions, then the sport just takes over, doesn't it? You know, Luke Platt in, in the, the, the elite road race on the last day just you know, hitting them in the last couple of laps and, you know, James Whelan, everyone sort of felt for, for Jimmy Whelan who'd gone off the, on the mm. attack for riding for Bridge Lane, obviously come back from the World Tour after getting dropped from EF and then going back to a domestic team but still obviously super fit and motivated. But, uh, you know, Luke Platt came past him and, and went on to win. You know, Nicole Frayne, great story, uh, winning the women's, the elite women's road race as well and riding for the Rock Salt Live SRAM team. So they had the numbers and it was really actually good to see a team in the women's race with enough numbers to actually try and set it up for themselves. Uh, so they did a great job of just, you know, tactically coming away with a good win and Nicole having the legs to be able to finish it off. And uh, one of the, the kids that uh, that Stewie was talking about that um, is racing next week, you know, Cameron Rogers, that's a great little story as well. You know, that is the son of Pete Rogers who was – uh, a teammate of mine in the national team in the Commonwealth Games in 1998. His brother Dean was the first Australian, well, the very first winner of the uh, the inaugural Under 19 World Time Trial Championships. And of course, um, the other brother is Michael Rogers. You know, was my teammate at Mape and three-time World Time Trial champion. So there's some pedigree in the uh, the genes there. And I think um, Cameron Rogers is going to do pretty well. He won the Under 19 Road Race. But the guy that won the under-19 time trial, Hamish McKenzie, he's already been talked to and spoken to by some of the World Tour managers, including Bike Exchange. So there's a kid that's popped up in the under-19s and because of the credibility of the national championships here in Australia, we know how difficult the course is, we know how good the competition is. So therefore, if you get a good result, people take note. And that's what's happened. You know, Chris um, Hamilton and Pat Eddy, I actually just had some messages going back and forth with Pat Eddy who was up there in the time trial last year in the, the 19s and the 23s. And he's already riding for the DSM um, development team this year in Europe, and he's over there doing training camps. He's talking about how cold it is in Maastricht, uh, where it would sit hard just down the road from Maastricht where he's living. Um, and he said, but that's fine because if I'm going to be good in the classics, I have to toughen up and get used to the cold. But that's all come through the nationals and the credibility credibility of, of how um, the nationals are held um, from you know all of the the managers and all the teams around the world, so we're wrapped. You know, we we saw riders, these young guys that will be world tour guys in the next couple of years, and we saw world tour guys, um, very few of them this year because of COVID, but still be competitive and show the respect to the event that you know it has so much prestige. So Luke Durbridge, Cameron Meyer, these guys really did uh, you know get amongst it and do what they could to try and get a result. Um, and it was a world tour rider in in. Um, uh, in Luke Platt to come away with the win in the elite men's race. Um, Nicole Frayne's already talking about the fact that now she's won the the women's race. Could she then transfer from her team and go and go and ride for a world tour team in Europe this year? I spoke to Peter Mullins, who is you know the, the basically the, the person that runs that team, and she said if it happens, it won't happen until the transfer period in August. She wants to hold on to the national champion. Yeah. So all this stuff is happening. 
because of how good our national championships are. So I'm really mm. thankful that I'm involved in such a great event. Well, you're talking about COVID wiping out people working on the nationals. I was fortunate to do some nightly stuff for uh, Cycling Central. Got COVID, still managed to get the job done, Iffy. But, Tough as know, nails. That's what I, was, I didn't want to say it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I, I opened the door for you. I opened the door for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. There you go. Welcome back. Uh, we've got a couple of comments. One for you, Johnny. Samantha in says, Miss a live feed Sunday, travelling home from the road nats. Would have loved to have asked Jerry about his high-performance centre at St Kilda's training ground in Moorabbin. Uh, walk around there more often now. Does John know much about it? you know much about that? Not a lot, actually. It's... Um... I don't know. Jerry supplied a lot of the equipment for it in that. I don't know whether it's his high performance center, but it's uh, obviously working uh, well with St Kilda. I don't know if the cycling has anything to do with it, though. Okay. Does he? Uh, do, do you know if if uh, um, there's an altitude training element to that? Because yes, there is. For those that don't know, Jerry, uh, he did actually invest in a, an altitude training um, company. Yes. Yeah. yeah, ATS, Altitude Training Systems, I think it was. Mm. And they made a motorhome that you could actually pressurise and, and put up to high altitude so you can go anywhere you want, train at the beach at 3,000 metres inside the motorhome. Um, but they also built a, a, an altitude gym at the Jayco factory in Dandenong <laughs> exactly. for the staff. So, And I, I think Jerry built that as a way of helping the staff, just letting them get fit and work out. But there's an ulterior motive because obviously it is a performance enhancer and I think he was just trying to get more caravans made. He wanted yeah. his crew, the production yeah. line, yeah. to be super fit to be pumping out those vans. <laughs> Smart, mate. Smart. Now, Gavin B wants to say, to your credit, national scene to run just as well despite the challenges from a spectator's point of view. Would appreciate about five degrees cooler, though, if you can manage that. <laughs> we'll work on it. Well, for the women, the last couple of years, it's been about 10 and 11 degrees in the morning when they start. Mm. And what uh, I know, one of the little things that is a bit of a bugbear for them is when they go up through uh, the Geelong Road or the highway um, out of town where the feed zone is, we have to put water barriers uh, right up through that section to just stop any issues with traffic. And every single one of those barriers leaks. We just can't get around it. They all leak water. So they started about 10, 12 degrees early in the morning on a Sunday. Wasn't the case this year. It was actually really beautiful temperatures in, in the morning for the women's race. Uh, so they start early, go up the hill, and they're just riding through this wet roads. So they're just getting sprayed with water at a 10, 12-degree morning, and I always feel for them because it dries off by the time the men start later on. Mm. Um, but it wasn't super, super hot, uh, I don't think, compared to what we have had. It was just over 30, around 30 degrees. Um, so if you're out in the sun, it was pretty challenging. And I know for the riders, obviously, it's, it's challenging because it's a difficult race. It's a long race for the elite men in particular. Um, and it's the first big race that they have. Normally, it's the first big long hit out that they have. So it's quite challenging, lots of cramps, lots of salt. Um, so it's a tough one for them. But, uh, yeah, we'll do our best to try and bring the temperatures down. But, hey, Aussie summer, what can you Buster, do? Buster Thomas, you got a question for you. Scott, would love to hear your views on Kane Richards' ride in the elite men's race, won the sprint for fourth after being the break all day. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we also have uh, – you wouldn't see this. I don't know if they, they wouldn't talk about it in the coverage, but we also have a most aggressive prize as well, and that's my choice, who I get to select who gets the most aggressive, and they go up on the podium at the end of the stage or the end of the race and put on the jersey. So it's a little bit of uh, bit of advertising for a bit of publicity for someone that's really had a good go. And clearly I gave Kane Richards the most aggressive for the elite men's race. Um, Luke Plapp clearly was the best. 
but Kane really had a crack. So you've got to give it to him. He's a big unit. Lost a little bit of weight um, in recent months just to make sure he's good enough for the road nats. And everybody predicted that he was going to get dropped at some point. He'll have to, you know, explode and get dropped once he got caught. And he just hung in. He just hung in and then beat them in the bunch sprint at the end. So really good ride. Kid from the Gold Coast. Um, just got engaged, actually, to Danny DeFrancesco, who was in the women's race, put in a good performance as well. So they've got uh, Gold Coast Power Couple doing really well. So it's good to see some new names, some fresh names coming through. Yeah, and Gavin says, if you're pasty like me, it's very hot. <laughs> feel you, bro. Just going back on that, uh, it was hot. But I'll tell you what, it was a bloody great bike race. Oh, yeah. I reckon it's probably the toughest national road title I've seen in recent times. It was just the way they raced it. Early first four or five laps, you know, it was a little bit contained. But after that, a lot of the World Tour guys started putting pressure on. Dennis had some real you know, monsters on the front. And you could see cracks happening this is before halfway. And it got just about halfway point. I thought, bloody hell, there's not going to be too many left in this bike race coming in. There's going to be, there's a lot, a lot of tired bike riders here. It's, it was a monster of a day. Mm. Yeah, it was It was a slow burn, wasn't it? So there, there was, yeah. once the two guys got off the front, including Kane, then, yeah, they sort of contained it. But it didn't get too far. And you're right, Rowan Dennis was one. Cameron Meyer, who yeah. was recovering from a wrist injury. So his fitness wasn't at the level that we've seen the last couple of seasons. So he sacrificed himself a little bit as well, just to really, you know, up the tempo. And I think the – because there was a lot of different discussions before the race as to what might happen. So you had your, your NRS teams with some decent numbers, you know, I think eight to six riders for most of the NRS teams. But for the World Tour guys, you know, we know they're the best riders, but they were very limited on numbers. We only had six World Tour riders from multiple teams. Um, so they weren't going to be able to control the race like they have in the past. And therefore, the best tactic was to just try and eliminate some of those or the numbers from some of those National Road Series teams and just light it up early, put them under pressure, cook them, and just limit the field, really whittle it down. And, and it became a race on their hands and knees at the end, wasn't it? So a, a real battle, a real slow, almost like, you know, I'd had a pretty busy week, so I almost fell asleep the first couple of laps in the race director's car, had the air conditioning turned up and it was nice and cool <laughs> and tranquil in there. Um but once they got into it, yeah, it was mano a mano. And that's what we saw with the first, second and third coming through on their own. Brendan Johnston, you know, great ride for him as well, finishing third, Trekkie. Uh, so, yeah, great, great finish. The last five laps probably were, were really thrilling. Uh, All right, All right yeah. Ify, it's the time of the show, detour travel. Now, you're going to be taking tours to the Giro and the Tour de France this year. You don't have all the particular details. Me. We, mate, you're, you're part. Yeah, of the yeah. I'll, I'll be at the, I'll be at the tour, but not the Giro. But no, no, um, no. give us a bit of a snapshot because I was trying to think of taglines for you. Like every good sort of marketing thing needs a tagline. What about like "Get on me wheel"? If he's detours around the Giro, you can use that photo. That's a very interesting me. day. There's another photo oh, from yeah. another angle it shows a very different side. Well, you split your pants. As I go onto that uh, bike, that's Chris Room behind me. We've just done the, uh, you know, the, a bit of a uh, at the art center. We had a, a, a bit of a launch. He looks stoked to be out there too, for him. He's, he's oh, he's loving it. He's loving yeah, it. He's loving you know, it. I, I had the pressure on. Uh, yeah, too bad it wasn't motorized. But uh, as I went to get on the bike, I split my pants. 
And so, well, look at your pockets. It looks like there's about two kilos of stuff in there. Yeah. Your keys, wallets. Good, well, I've split the pants, right? And one of the Herald Sun photographers managed to get a shot where uh, one of one of my, my testes was Okay, still encased in in the jocks, but uh, and and that got uh, a lot of social media. Luckily, never got into the Herald Sun, but it got a lot of social media. Okay, (laughs) anyway, come to the Giro. Come to the Giro. What we're planning, come to the Giro and see John Fantastic. What it is, it's going to be traveling with uh, uh, an iffy to but only four guests. So is that it? Only four, four guests for each section. So we're planning with the uh, Giro three sections. So the, uh, the the first week, well, it starts in Budapest. So you can do the the whole Budapest things. Come up and do the three days of racing up there. A couple of days before, so it'll be five days up there, uh, or then then the rest of the Giro's broken up into three sections so um, around about seven days uh, each section uh four guests absolute uh um five star four star five star <laughs> uh accommodation the best accommodation and uh r- right in the you know we're, we're, we're with the with the uh accredited van we're in the in on the race route Bring your bikes. You're going to get a chance to ride as well. That's going to be something special. So just email me, john at saltingevents.com.au. So it's the, of course, May is a, a Tour de France. And then in July, we'll actually start right at the end of June. Uh, same thing. Starts in Denmark. There will be an opportunity to just do the Danish part of it. Three days, a couple of days before for all of the, the uh, team presentations and stuff, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, and then the we break the tour into three parts after that. So you've got the, the, the cobble section. You've got the Alps. Um which will be sensational with, uh, of course, Alpe d'Huez, uh, and then the final week into Paris. So, yeah, and the Pyrenees fits in there as well. So it's going to be pretty special. So if, if expressions of interest, John at Cycling uh, Events, uh, the comment you, and uh, I will fill you in. So uh, lots of different price ranges for how long you want to come, and but only four people, so it will be very special. Now, I remember 2009, Scooter, that was the first time I'd done the Giro and we went over and covered it for Oz Cycling at the time, the original Oz Cycling, uh, and we were doing it with Fox. But remember the differences between the Giro and the Tour were really in your face at the start because we'd covered the Tour in 2008. So we had this sort of expectation of it's going to be this mad circus. The food was amazing, but it just doesn't, it's just a different race altogether, yeah. Absolutely. It's so much, um, look, if, if, and people have asked me, if, if, only, if we can only go to one, we could choose one. At the Tour de France, obviously, it's so big, you know, it's a real destination thing, isn't it? People want to go to it. But if you're a real cycling fan, it's the Giro. Giro is number one. Yeah. It's, it is. And, and I did an interview um, with Adam Hansen a few, uh, a few years ago when he was doing his back-to-back-to-back-to-back all the Grand Tours. And I, I asked him, you know, what, which which is your favourite of the of the Grand Tours? Which one do you prefer the most? Which one is your favourite? And he didn't want to answer it. He said, "Oh well, I don't want to you know upset anyone." So okay, let's change it. I said, "Look, if they were human, if the, if the Grand Tours were human, what would their personalities be?" And because you know Adam's a quirky cat, he thought, "Oh okay, never had that question before." He said, "Okay, 
and straight into it without hesitation. Tour de France is a businessman. The Giro is a passionate sports fan. And the Vuelta is a sports fan on holidays. Mm. You know, <laughs> and you think about it, it exactly sums it up, doesn't it? And and if you're into if you're into sport, if you're into cycling, then the Giro is is a fantastic race, much more relaxed. For us working on it, Dan, how how much I know we were nervous. You know, we all oh, have to park in the right spot at the tour, or you get your stickers yeah. ripped off the car. You get yeah. to the Giro, and they just wave you right in, park wherever you want. Remember, remember when we went to we went to like a pub? The parking was at the back of a pub, and you know it was like a local pub here in Melbourne. And you know this for the world's media, and there was like thirty car spots. So we got there early thinking, oh, we'll get a park for short. No, she was full. And remember the yeah. guy with the lollipop stick? <laughs> that guy loved the whistle. And yeah, he just looks at yeah, us yeah. and goes, man, it's full. We go, yeah, I know, but we're media. Where do we park? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. Find a park. But <laughs> this is full, that? so sort it yeah. out. And we're like, yeah. it's a real good experience where you learn on the feet. But the, <laughs> the thing that definitely stands out with the Giro and even with the Green Edge years, it doesn't matter where you stay, the food is incredible. Yes. Like any hotel any area they've all got specialties but they're so passionate that anyone that walks through the door it's a show you know you always get that restaurant owner or the hotel owner he's always front and center he's always present he might not say much he might give you some sort of weird looks but he's just trying to assess are you enjoying this pasta or not but it's just it's just next level so i i my preference would be the giro but the tour is definitely a bucket list you know it's it's just Next level yeah. fanfare yeah, and yeah. bells and whistles, yeah. but for the purists, 100%. At the Giro, you uh, talk food or Italy in, in particular, you, you get a good feed at the servo on the Autostrada. Oh, that's, the how pizzas. Much, that's how passionate they are. Yeah. The pizza's there. You're just like, this is the best margarita I've had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Johnny? <laughs> I was just going to say, I like uh, um, uh, Adam Hansen's uh, description of the Vuelta, you know, the sports fan on holidays, because I haven't done the Vuelta. So I'm looking forward. You've never been. Never been. No. Wow. I'm looking forward to uh, getting to the Vuelta uh, uh, this year. Uh, so. Anyone who's interested in being a sports fan on, on holidays, that's going to be us. What, Johnny, what, what's the, the um, sorry, Dan, what's with only four people per segment? And I, and I know from, you know, from back in the day, you know, so 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, that stuff, and when you used to take your tour groups away, the access that you were able to arrange was better than any of the other tour groups without going into detail it simply was you were able to get access that others couldn't and accreditations that others couldn't how, how are you going to be able to or are you able to get that kind of access for this group um, and what will set your tour apart from say your bike style tours and all those other regulars yeah well they're they're set up with uh, you know taking people riding every day which will give an option to ride, but ours, we're actually working, we're going there working on the tour. We're doing our podcast every day. We are actually working. So you're going to get a chance to be part of a working group on the Tour de France. You'll see a lot more than what you'll see at any other uh, uh, event. So what those who do arrive will just ride the last you know, part of the day, but most of the day we'll be doing what we would normally do, covering the event, you know. Um, We'll be doing some special stuff in the mornings for some of the TV. That's the plan. Uh, And our podcasts uh, every evening. Or actually, we'll probably be doing our podcast uh, in the morning over there, uh, which will be the evening uh, back in Oz. But uh, it'll be a lot of fun. You'll actually, yeah, be in a working environment and having a lot of fun. 
Do you do it or is it not? Yeah. Well, you had the journalist accreditation for yourself again, so meaning you'll be able to get on the race route, you know, ahead of the race. Yeah, 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 of course. course. Yeah, so you you guess have the opportunity to actually go on basically into the race. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And uh, if he, I'm, I'm coming. I'm on board. But I'm if he, if he knows everyone at the tour, there's not one person that he walks past that doesn't say, "Hey, John," or "Hey, that's that dodgy looking Aussie." Yeah, that. That's how that's how infamous he is. Everyone knows John. <laughs> uh, Free Range has got a tagline for you. JT's tours. We put the iffy in spiffy. <laughs> and Gavin B, 2023 long service kicks in. Look out, Giro. He's he's saddled up for next year. Mate. Ah. That's good. good, mate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Is there any vetting process? Like, usually you're pretty strict on we only want good people on the trips. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, anyone I, that tunes into the detour, I think that'd be fine. You know, over the years, I've only made a couple of mistakes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's well, another we, podcast. We keep we're reminding gonna, you of them. We're not going to mention names, but uh, no. you'll learn from that. Um, and then others that, to look like a mistake turned out to become my best mates, uh, like like Al. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I've still got some wonderful friends from people we've taken on the tour. So yeah, um, yeah it'll be it'll All be right. special. We'll shoot John an email as he said, John at cyclingevents.com.au, and you'll get more details. And then when we get more details with set plans and packages, then we'll announce those in the next couple of weeks. So. Now, now, Scotty, you're off t- tomorrow. So uh, Stu was just talking about the track stu- uh, uh, stuff, but you're uh, commentating uh, the track stuff for, for Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, so we've got a UCI points allocated uh, track event tomorrow night. And the start, it's a cracker, actually. So it's all of your the, our very best sprinters um, in Australia and a couple of internationals to make it a UCI event. And from the track endurance group, it's... It's not your Sam Wellsfords and Keller Bryans. They're all over in Europe getting ready for their first World Tour season. But all the guys just below that, so all of your next-level team pursuit and track endurance guys, the ones that will be at the Commonwealth Games this year. So cracking racing for both the endurance and for the sprinters in both men's and women's fields. And it's going to be live-streamed on 7+. Plus. And Amirs and I uh, coming back together again after commentating the Olympics in Tokyo. So looking forward to getting next to Anna again and, and doing all the commentary for that. So, yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be great. So kick things off with track racing. They're also racing on the Saturday night over there, but we won't be um, commentating. They're not live streaming that. It's only um, tomorrow night's program. They've got para cyclists there as well, as Stewie mentioned. Um, and then we get into the women's road race. So there's heaps on. And this is one of the things that I guess we didn't get too much detail with Stewie before, but they really have had to innovate. How they, you know, mm. the, in the past it was – just the fact that they had World Tour riders and teams coming, that was enough. You know, that yeah. was big enough on its own. Whereas with the domestic riders, they've had to think about what else can we do to make this more of a festival, which is what it is. Um, and that's, I think, the element that they can stick with going forward to make the World Tour event even bigger than it was previously. So by necessity, um, they've struck a chord and they're going to, they've built the event to something to that's, that's next level, bigger than it was before. And it all kicks off at the track tomorrow night. So if you can't get to Adelaide, um, track racing, obviously it's best to be there if you can. So if you're in Adelaide, get out to the velodrome tomorrow night. Um, kicks off in the late afternoon or uh, just tune in on 7+. Plus. And as Stewie said, it's a celebration of all things on two wheels and that'll continue year after year from, from here on. Uh, before we go, Tony McIntosh, if you know dickhead policy? I wouldn't go that far. I'd say there's good and bad dickheads. So 
just well, they, they can slip through the bloody cracks sometimes. They <laughs> free ranger. Right you talk with them, but then you know. <laughs> anyway, pretty good. Yeah, Dennis the drunk. There you go. Never forget. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Scooter. Good to see you back. Happy New Year, mate. And great job at the Nationals. And good luck tomorrow night with the commentary with Adam Ears. I'm sure you'll nail it. And uh, John, I'll see you again next week. Now, what's the plan for the Santos Festival of Cycling? You're heading over to Adelaide. Are we going to be doing some regular shows? We are. I'm going over on Tuesday. When do you want so, to kick things uh, off? I'll be there for the uh, rest of the week. So uh, uh, there, there, uh, for the day, so Tuesday night, we'll we'll be on and we'll be on every night. Okay. So we'll recap all the action yeah. from the women's yeah, event on great. Tuesday we'll night. Really get some chats with some of our, our great stars and uh, yep. we'll have some fun. All right. Um, Sounds good. Before you go, guys, um, I'm looking forward to getting into the commentary booth tomorrow night. Um, mainly, like I love commentating track, but mainly as a bit of a rehearsal just to get the vocal cords going again because after the Santos Festival of Cycling, I go straight into the studio for Channel 7 to commentate the Winter Olympics speed I was going to, I was going to bring that up, but I didn't know if it was public knowledge, but now that you've said yeah, it. Public yeah, speed skating, awesome. mate. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um, I will be an expert by the time the games start. I start now on learning how <laughs> what the hell's going on. And are you going um, to be it's, teaming it's just, up with Bradbury? Stan I am. Bradbury? I am. So uh, not for all of it. So I'm doing eight sessions. Four of them, I think at this stage, four of them I'll be doing solo and four will be with Steve Bradbury because, you know, he's a – obviously he's doing all of the short track. I'm doing the long track. So he's going to come across from the short track commentary and then join him with me on the long track. Even though he wasn't a specialist in long track, he knows a little bit more about skating than I do. So I'm looking forward to actually having him alongside me. He's a funny um, guy too. Yeah, guy. looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be a cracker. And after watching, you know, plenty of of skating in the last couple of months, it's track cycling. It's mm. the same. And and they all the crossovers, yeah, you know, John Eric Hyden, you know, five-time Olympic gold medalist in in skating came across and rode the Tour de France. There's an incredible crossover. They all do lots and lots of cycling for training, for testing very, very similar uh, muscle development. Um, and basically all of their events are like the individual pursuit. They also have a team pursuit and they have a bunch race, a scratch race. Yeah. So, hey, it's track cycling on ice. Now, before we go, John, you're going to like this. You always want a good testimonial because it's all good to, you know, give a bit of lip service to say how good your tours are, but you need proof. Well, here you go, Jan Borman. Because I had the good fortune to travel with John for a day on the tour. It was fantastic fun. Anyone should go. If you don't want to listen to Jan, that's on you. And remember, John at cyclingevents.com. We'll see you again on Tuesday. Thanks, Scooter. Thanks, Ify. Bye for now. See you Tuesday. Thanks, guys.